Hey there, and welcome back to the second season of the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. We have some amazing interviews for you this spring. First of all, we talk about how to align with the seasons of the moon. We also touch in on maternal mental health and finding your purpose and passion inside and outside of motherhood. Remember to subscribe and send the podcast to your friend who might benefit from it. We all could use a little more empowerment these days. See you inside the episode. Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. Astara Jane Ashley is the CEO and publisher of Flower of Life Press, transpersonal psychotherapist, art therapist, priestess, and a soul sister. Astara is also the founder of the best-selling New Feminine Evolutionary Book Series, which consists of six collaborative books and hundreds of authors. Astara has a new offering, which she will tell you all about inside of our episode. And I cannot wait to participate in it. I'll see you inside the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel. And today, and welcome back to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Hello, and welcome (laughs) back to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel, and today we're talking about mastering your creative flow with Astara Jane Ashley. Welcome, Astara. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, sister. I'm so happy to be here with you. We're also live streaming on Facebook. So if you say if you see us there, say hi. So Astara, before we dive in to our creative flows, which I'm excited to do and honestly a little bit nervous as well, mm-hmm. um, because I, it brings up some like trauma, to be honest, mm. I want to ask you to tell our listeners a little bit about who you are. And then also I'd love to hear what does empowerment mean to you? Mm, absolutely. Thank you. Yay. Okay. So um, I am a publisher of women's stories. And my company is called Flower of Life Press. And it's our mission to share 1 million women's stories with the world via their books and their body of work. And the reason I do this is because I went through my own journey of discovering my own voice and healing from my own story and rewriting my story. Um, about 15 years ago, when I went through a divorce, all of this just like the life came crumbling down. And so that's why I'm here. And it's been, you know, there's been a series of things to get me here into this place of holding space for women to be brave enough to say yes to giving themselves what they want. And so if they are feeling like they've got a story, if they have a book inside of them, if they want to share a message if they've been through something and they want to share and and light the way for other people and help people 
then that deserves to be paid attention to. And so, so that's my whole, my whole gig is to midwife women's books from them and help shepherd their work to the world in that way. So that it's a win-win for the author who goes through a transformation and a journey to discovering that, facing her soul on the page, right? Mm -hmm. And for the reader who can then feel less alone, feel connected, feel become part of this bigger community and this bigger conversation around the divine feminine, really, Mm -hmm. and how to be sovereign and empowered as women on the planet. And so that leads me into this question around what is empowerment? Well, the opposite of empowerment is how I was until I was about 38 years old. And that was feeling kind of empty, feeling like I didn't know who I was, not having any preferences, living from my neck up living in this on this rat race this matrix ride of fame and fortune and money and stuff and not feeling that I could have a voice or that and feeling like I had to fit in with the boys in order to belong <laughs> so in corporate I was an A player I ran a department of designers internationally at a publishing company and I did all the stuff that I was supposed to do. And yet that in that time in my life, when I had three little girls and I was going through a divorce and I was lying on the kitchen floor, breathing into a paper bag, feeling like I'm going to die. That was the opposite of empowerment. Yeah. So that moment that, that breakdown led to the breakthrough of discovering who I was. And that was the spiritual part of me, of me, not just the body, not just the mind, not just my achievements, not just the labels and all of the um, identities that I carry around, but what's in my heart? What is a heart? (laughs) That's really where I was. So um, feeling into my heart and feeling into what's true and owning my life and owning my choices and owning every piece of it and becoming aware that I'm the creator of it and that I can do it in service to not just me and my family, but to people across the world and for the collective, then it becomes purpose. Mm-hmm. So empowerment this this uh, pathway to empowerment brought me to my purpose. And that's what Arthur Brooks, who is a social scientist at Harvard, he says the opposite of depression is purpose. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, I used to get depressed every three months for my whole life, basically. thought that was normal. So getting on purpose, empowering myself being able to be open-hearted and open-minded and in intimate relationships that are actually real and authentic, I can live my purpose yeah, and go with the flow and just be riding the ride of life. And yes, it's not easy. And I know you've been through this stuff. Mm-hmm. My dad is on a cancer journey yep. and he's, you know, it's just this ride, right? Of like 
being present for what is and seeing the beauty in all the pain, being able to be with the heartbreak and the love and the all of it and let my body hold myself here for it. So that's what empowerment to me is, is that it's a combination of confidence and clarity and commitment on the path to like look at myself and to continue to improve myself and to be useful on the planet and to love myself. I'm so glad you said confidence because I feel like confidence is something that happens from the doing Mm. and it's not something that we're necessarily born with. Yeah. We're, we're all innately creative but somewhere along the way there there's like a shift that happens I think unfortunately often very early in life where we kind of don't believe anymore that we are innately creative and that's where like our confidence begins to like not not continue to build right yeah yeah and so yeah. I'm wondering, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm picturing you on the kitchen floor and I've had those kitchen floor moments myself. So how do we, those happen, right? How do we have confidence? Like, how do we hold our empowerment when we're not mm. when we're like on the floor? Yeah. Like, what's the next step to get off up the floor, off mm. the floor? Yeah, this is a really good question. Um, And I'm sure it's probably different for everybody. Um, One of the common denominators, I think, is trust. Like, we have to cultivate trust and we have to cultivate confidence. Yeah. Because like you said, they're not inherently our default. So if I'm going around life being defensive and um, shut down and not engaging in a way that creates an exchange that's positive, then I'm going to be irritated and miserable and depressed and feel like I don't belong. As soon as I was able to realize and just that kind of that snapping out of it, like, okay, something's wrong here. I can't breathe. What's my body telling me? Mm-hmm. Why can't I breathe? Why does it hurt to live? Yeah. And so that was the question. That's what got me onto the path of cultivating confidence. And the more I end up on the floor and get back up again, that's the confidence builder right there. It's just basically the willingness to get back up Mm. and know that you're okay. Like, I'm still here. Okay. I got through that. I can, I can. I've released some of that now. I know what it is. I can work it. I can get support. I can give myself time to feel and not suppress it. Because for so long, we've just been suppressed and oppressed. And it's through our ancestral heritage and through our all these matrices, the education matrix, the healthcare, the po- po- political matrix, financial, all of it yeah. is like you're a woman, you're unworthy, your voice doesn't matter, shut up and look good for me, right? Yep. And it's like, no, what is that? Yep. That is not what we are deserve, what I deserve, right? So it, it was about creating boundaries 
and being willing to stick up for myself, which I had to do when I got divorced. You know, I had to really like stand up for my life to make that kind of a choice with three little kids and, and be like, nope, I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to trust that I am meant to be evolving and I'm not, I'm, I'm going to fit out, you know, I'm just, I just need to embrace that part of myself that feels like she doesn't fit in. I because love that, that. I've never yeah. heard of that. Fit out. Yeah. Fit out. And, you know, most people that we see out there in the world are fitting out because they're not fitting in because they've chosen to have a spotlight on them. They stand out and they fit out and, and they're different. It's different. It's a different way of like approaching life of, of approaching leadership of approaching worthiness and solitude, like solitude. I used to be so afraid of being alone. Mm. You know, if there wasn't something going on on a Friday night, then I would feel like a loser. Yeah. But now I'm just like, oh, I just want to be like in the grass outside alone, you know, like feeling with myself. with myself so I can feel and hear myself. Yeah. And, and that's good for everybody else, too, if I can do that. So I think that's kind of the core of confidence really is just the willingness to get back up again and, and keep going and knowing that it's going to get easier. Because we, we've built that, that confidence like, oh, I can get through anything. Now that I got through that, it's fine. I can handle conflict. It sucks, but I can handle it and I'm willing to handle it. Even if it's scary and makes me cry, and makes my heart race. Um, I, I need to give myself that gift of speaking up for myself, of standing up for my inner child mm-hmm. and protecting her. And letting her speak and be seen. And so there's this whole like soul retrieval part, right? The little parts of us that we splintered off from every little thing as we're like this jelly being molded into a person. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, wait, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm sabotaging myself here because I have this belief, you know, that this is going to happen, that I'm going to, you know, be lying on a sidewalk somewhere, destitute, homeless, With no money and no support and nobody, I'm going to be alone, you know? Yep. Like, what's that? Yeah. And then also, well, what's wrong with that? Yep. Why would I put a value judgment on any aspect of, of life? Yeah. Like, everything can be a teacher. Yep. Even the bad parts and even the scary people. Yeah. And so that's sovereignty to me is to be to be like okay i'm okay i'm not codependent i've cleared a lot of that i trust myself more and more as i practice showing up for myself and writing is part of that writing people who want to write a book and and i'm curious about your thoughts on this Mm -hmm. you just know it and then you either give it to yourself or you don't and if you don't why yeah and if you do, awesome, because the divine wants to write through you. Yeah. Mm. And you are the conduit and the messenger. And it's a beautiful transformational journey to co-author with the divine and bring forward something that is, you know, pure and authentic and true and can 
create a pinprick of light for somebody else on the other side who's like, oh my gosh, it can change their whole life. Yeah. Like books have done that for me. Oh, yeah. So it's scary though, Astara. Like it's scary to open up. There's, it's one thing to put the pen on the page, like in one's own journal, but to write a book. It's so public. It's so like yeah. outward facing. Yeah. That's where a lot of the women that I work with get caught up. It's like, it's one thing to write it in my journal. It's another thing to show up in a group. And then yeah. it's another yeah. thing to say, oh, I'm writing writing this. And not only are people I don't know going to read it, but my mom is going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just one of the many fears that comes up. Yeah. Yeah. How do we all fear? It's all fear. And it's all usually somebody said this. Can't remember who now. Whatever. Usually what we fear is probably already happening Hmm. anyway. Yeah. So why would we let that keep us from giving what giving ourselves what we want? And why do we want it? Well, we want it because we want to, for all the reasons I shared, like, I want to be useful. I want to be, leave a legacy. I want to contribute. I want to live in my purpose. I want to share my story and show other people that I can clear so much shame by doing that and stand strong in the midst of chaos, no matter what. Like, that's why I want to live. Otherwise I would be gone. I'd be a goner. And so it's about this aliveness and about owning our self fully expressed self. If we're not fully self-expressed, if we're holding back out of fear, it's going to turn into disease. Mm-hmm. I believe that yeah. or some kind of misery and addictive behavior or something because we're suppressing it. Mm-hmm. It's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. We have all of this energy inside of us that's been dormant that we've now awakened what do we do with this? Exactly. How do we channel it? And how do we discern what projects, what our next creation is going to be? Mm-hmm. Because we're creators yep. as feminine beings. We are creators. We're always creating, not just babies, but every little thing. Yep. And so if this thing that I create, I mean, I had this fear, like, well, if it sucks, who's going to want to work with me? You know, I'm a publisher. But then I thought, well, I have a great team who helps all my authors. Why wouldn't they help me? Yep. I can receive that. Okay. And I'm willing to not be liked because it helps me to love mm-hmm. myself more. Yeah. Because then I'm like, okay, that person doesn't like me or there's a hater or somebody's slandering me right now. That's like a replay of the recess bullies on the, on the playground. And that means that there's some part of me that doesn't feel safe. Yeah. And doesn't feel safe being me no matter what. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to be anything than who we are. And the fact that we believe we do is what the problem is. Mm-hmm. We get to be who we are. And I, I also have thought about writing a children's book called Jane the Pain. She's not for everyone. Mm. And I am certainly not for everyone, but I'm for me now. That's it. You know, you like yourself and, enough that you don't need other people to like you because you like you. Yes. And yeah. So what I hear you saying is like, no longer are the receptor sites there for other people's 
like criticism. Well, it's in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's still there. I got it. And I can feel it like in my stomach or feel nervous or scared or hurt. Hmm. But then I can say, wait a minute, I'm not going to allow this into my emotional body. I'm going to look at it out here as this thing that is actually just an illusion, has nothing to do with anything. It's this person's projection on me of their own life experience and their own lens and their own perspective, which has nothing to do with me. Something I am or did or wrote triggered them, which is the whole point. (laughs) Yep. Because then they can see like, oh, why do I hate her? You know, whatever, whatever their path is, that's fine. All I can do is live in integrity apologize, forgive myself and forgive other people, do the best I can to be in that space of love and open-heartedness no matter what. Because then if people hate me, I still am like, well, I am who I am. Mm. What else do you want? Can I do? It's not necessary. And so I don't need to bring it into my field. I can keep my field clear. Mm -hmm. And that's all part of like our conscious evolution too, is the magnetism of who we are When we say, yes, I'm going to activate my courage and I'm going to write my book and I'm going to publish it and I am going to stand there and share it with people and deal with whatever happens because it's worth it. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did you feel Mm -hmm. standing there holding your book? Totally. So it's like when I stepped forward in saying, I wrote, I wrote the entire book. It's right up there. If you're watching, you can see it. Um, Daddy Daughter Day. Um, And I stepped forward and I wrote it and I said, I gave it to my dad. And that moment, the universe opened up because I stepped forward and then the universe stepped forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was an opening there that wouldn't have been there had I not like been vulnerable. Yeah. 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 And and it was very vulnerable to write this story, which was semi-autobiographical about my childhood, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, my perspective was of my childhood was different than my dad's perspective of my childhood. So it's vulnerable to share your story, knowing that not everyone will agree that that is true. Yeah. Um, And so to to find enough safety within myself to just, and I wasn't, you know, even knowing that it was a book, but just that little crack, just my, you know, willingness allowed the next step to happen, which is, you know, let's, well, maybe we'll turn this into something and, and then, you know, trust. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And exactly. It's that next step forward. Um, because we're always like we as vibrating beings are constantly evolving, create, you know, we're like being born, then we're being dying and then we're being reborn in every moment at every level fractally in the universe. Right. So yeah. like if I can take that risk to say, here's who I am, take me or leave me. Yeah. But here's who I am. And I'm not, I can't be something that you want me to be. I can't be that for everybody. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. And then I lose myself. So I need to be me for me. 
And like regarding the vulnerability and the the factor of, well, what if like my closest community family alienate me or disown me or whatever? Yeah. That's discernment. And that is a really um, important skill to be able to access inside of us. It's like a sacred masculine skill of trusting if this is, you know, if you can handle it or not, am I safe or not? Yeah. Safety has to come first. And so like if a memoirist comes to me and says, you know, I'm afraid, actually, here's an example. I had an author who wrote about his father. He called in the book, he called his father an alcoholic. Well, when the book came out, his father was not pleased and sued the son. So we unpublished the book, you know, and like (laughs) retracted it. And he took that risk. It kind of, it kind of like bit him in the, you know, it didn't quite work in that way. Um, So, so it is important to understand the risks when sharing a story and also protecting not just yourself, but other people. Yes. And not assuming that they're going to be okay to be talked about or written about. And so it's important to have those conversations with those people if possible and to get permission if possible. And then if it's not safe, I just say, don't do it or turn it into fiction or change the names and change the story and all the identifying factors so that you can get the message across, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. But in most cases, there's a positive outcome on the other side of the family backlash. Mm -hmm. In most cases, that's what I've seen. It's allowed people to get sort of to wake them up into like, well, there's a problem in this relationship that we need to work on. Yeah. So therapy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely scary. I mean, I when I became when I began to identify myself as a as a priestess, meaning somebody who is like looking inward in order to serve, you know, and walk this path of love and move beyond just my own ego but into a bigger kind of realm of purpose. I thought my parents are just going to think I'm the biggest weirdo. Like they can't read these books that I'm writing about, you know, where women are sharing stories of assault or whatever. And, and um, my mother's Scottish and my dad is a Marine, you know? And so the truth is they never read any of it. It just wasn't in their bandwidth. It didn't even come into their awareness. Yeah. So I just, now I'm just like, okay. And now if they did, and they would now, because our relationship has shifted over time into yeah. more authentic communication, um, then I'd be okay with that and just be like, well, they may or may not get it, but it's who I am. They know me now that I'm my own person, you know, but it's a journey. It's, it's everybody's quest to really Find that love and acceptance, but I think a big part of leadership today is being willing to be projected upon and not take it in as something that will crush us because it's not real. Mm-hmm. We think about like social media and all the comparison and all the crap that's happening because of that mm-hmm. and our addiction to it and our, you know, just like constantly like being fed these images of whatever that ideal is. Yeah. None of that is real. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I guess the other piece of this too is like knowing who your reader is and writing it for them yeah. too, not just for you, oh, but for yeah. the person on the other end of the yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the co-create, that's the relationship that we, we all have a relationship with our reader. Mm-hmm. And so I want to serve that reader and help them get it, help them receive it in a way that it works for them. And if that means I'm going to be very vulnerable and share a particular story, then I will. Right. You know, from generosity, not to exploit your own life. Yeah. 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 Like I've done a lot of journaling, morning pages, all that kind of stuff. And that's where I dump all of the negativity and all of the painful thought distortions um, that I'm feeling and thinking sometimes. And nobody reads that and I don't even read it. Yep. (laughs) And that's good. I think it's good to have a practice where we write for just ourselves and nobody else and we're not performing. Yes, exactly. Do you think most people have a book inside of them? I think everybody has a story of their life and their life's path is their story. Life is fodder for our content. I could go write a whole chapter about you and I today. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and what that was like, what I could just expand upon that in such a huge way. Yeah. I could write about the water in my glass that I distilled. I could write about this microphone and how it's amplifying my voice and how that's a metaphor for amplifying my voice in other ways. Like there's just endless things to write about. That's why people write poetry. Yeah. And so I feel everybody has a story and has many stories and you don't have to be a writer to be a writer, but you have to write Mm -hmm. to be a writer. Mm Right, 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 right. So um, like if, if you're writing, then you're a writer and then you can get help refining your writing and structuring it and honing it into the right flow. Um, if you don't write, then you're not a writer. Yeah. But you do not have to be a writer to write a book. People ask me that all the time. I'm not a writer. I was trained as a graphic designer and, and then I was a therapist. Yeah. But yet I consider myself an excellent editor and now I'm writing a book. Yep. So it's just this willingness to give ourselves this thing, you know, and it feels good. It's because it feels good. It doesn't always feel good in the journey, though, in the process. Like I haven't touched my book in two months. Yeah. So I know what writer's block feels like and I know what avoidance feels like and procrastination. Yeah. But it's there. It's talking to me all the time. What are you doing? What do you want? Yeah. So that I can like keep discerning. Is this where I'm going to put my focus on this creation? Yeah. And so like the wish, like my wish, because I have that same thing. Like I have something that I'm creating way in the background. And my wish is for some containment. Because it all just feels like so much like my feminine creativity is just like explosive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so how can we 
bring that amazing creativity and like have yeah. that yeah. focus. Yeah. Well, the divine masculine structure, I, this, this hit me one day a few years ago when I was sitting in front of my computer doing a spreadsheet and I was so pissed. I was just like, why am I doing this? I hate this. I don't know how to do this. I don't want to do this. And I heard something inside me say, let your divine masculine do it. He's doing it so that you can flow inside of the structure that he creates for you. So it's that part of me that is okay with containment, with creating structure so that I, the feminine part of me can flow and be free without constraints. But I have to always honor Kronos, the clock first, because if I don't, I'm screwed. Then I lose track of time. I'm late for a call. I forget to pick up my kid or something, you know. And But if I can create that structure and not be resentful, if I can allow that masculine part of me to kick in, and also it's our editor self too. Yep. Our editor self is like that one that we want to have a little bit of perfectionism going on. So we just balance these parts of ourselves. Like, okay, I'm going to create an outline. And then I'm going to put it away and write and not let anything get in my flow. But if I get lost in the, in the cosmos, I can look at my outline and remember where I was going and remember what the original strategy or thought was or idea. So I always recommend that. I recommend we have regular, consistent writing times because with consistency comes the work. Mm-hmm. All it takes is sitting down to do it. But if we don't allow ourselves to show up for ourselves in that way for something we want, then we're sabotaging it. Same thing with exercise, with our health, you know, our self-care. Why are we sabotaging all of that? It all comes back to this worthiness thing and this empowerment. And like, how can I create containment so that I can feel and clear something that's really bugging me? Mm -hmm. I go outside and make a fire. Yeah. I play with the elements and go out into nature. That's what really helps me, gives me structure. Nature actually gives me structure, mm-hmm. which just sounds kind of weird, but it's true. Absolutely. It grounds me, mm-hmm. helps me feel connected, helps me feel held and safe. Like I'm never going to go flying off into space. No. Um, I'm one with the beauty of it. I can receive the codes. I can just let that feed me and nourish me. And then I use my alarm. I use my calendar as my religion because without that, then I'm all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like a 53 year old woman with ADHD. (laughs) So I need help. Um, And that's the other piece, asking for help and receiving it and being a receiver, Mm -hmm. a tuning fork for that. And so when we have the structure, then we can empty out and get empty and be available for the divine to come in and write through us. And then an hour later, ding, the alarm goes off and we have a choice. Okay, great. I did what I said I was going to do. I made some progress. I'm done. I'm going to move on or keep it going. Set my alarm again. Yep. And, um, 
Yeah. So it's this beautiful balance of feminine and masculine, that structure and flow and the book itself, you know, if you, if people can come to the event tomorrow, open your creative flow, I'm going to talk a little bit about how to structure the book, you know, think, think in terms of numbers, like what's a magic number 11. Ooh, I want 11 chapters or what's a magic, you know, I always infuse magic into the process. Mm-hmm. How many parts? I'm going to have three parts. I'm going to have four chapters inside of each part. And I'm going to have, and then I can just start meta and kind of drill down, right? Like my big three thing themes, sisterhood, empowerment, um, community, okay, whatever, right? And then drill down from there. So it's all in here. We just need to give ourselves a space to put it so that we have something concrete because that's what writing is. We're bringing the thought into form Mm -hmm. and we need something to hold it. So dear listener, if today is May 16th and you're watching this live, Astara has this beautiful container, which I will be there live. I'm so looking forward to it. Will you just say a little bit about that? And then Um, If this is after uh, the 17th, um, there is also another container so that you can create form to what is not, what is now formless. So will you tell us, Astara, a little bit about each of those? Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, If you're listening to this on the podcast then, and it's past May 17th, we have uh, a program called Divine Writing Journey. And this is our 12-month container to write and birth your manuscript and receive full edits along the way. And that uh, there will be a link for that too. So I, you can check that out at any time. That's always available for you to receive support around your writing. Um, and just to close, Sara, I would love to have you invite our listeners to take an empowering action. So what would that empowering action be? Okay, here's the empowering action. I would like you to go get a notebook, a new a new one. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but this is your morning pages notebook. And I would like to invite you to wake up and get your coffee or your tea. And before doing really anything else, sit down and write three pages freehand without stopping pen to paper and see what see what happens and if you get stuck in your mind it's a meditative practice so if you get stuck in your mind just notice it and then just write that like oh my gosh i hate this i'm stuck in my mind just write that whatever is write it mm-hmm. and then if you can practice that daily That is a challenge. That's the challenge I'm offering you is to practice that and see what happens. You will be amazed. I've received two complete outlines for my book through that process. Wow. Two different ones. So now I have to decide (laughs) which one I'm going to use. But And I want to stack on that. Once you have done this practice for seven days straight, I would love to invite you to contact Astara to celebrate, to just say, I did it. Yeah, whatever it is. So Asara, where can people find you to celebrate with you? Yes, please. You can find us on Instagram under um, Flower of Life Press. 
And I'm on Facebook, Astara Jane Ashley. And our email is support at flowerofLifepress.com. And I love to hear from you and hear how it's going and, um, and what's coming through. So yes, thank you for that. Yeah, and if you're catching this live on Facebook and you have questions, you're welcome to share those below. Astara, it's been so wonderful to be with you as always. I love you, dear sister. Ah, thank you, Isabel. Love you too. Thank you so bye, much everyone. for your sistering and for your work so in the great. world. Thank okay, you. bye everyone. Bye. You've been listening to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. Today's episode was produced by Brendan Lindsay. Intro and outro music are by Matthew Randolph. I'm Isabel Bridges, author of Daddy Daughter Day. I'm also the founder of the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. You can learn more about my work and join the sisterhood at isabelbridges.com. I'm offering a 50% off discount for a limited time only. So check it out today, isabelbridges.com.